we love that. That brings joy to us. That back and forth. That just, you know, that's just what we like. So, you want to play that game? We can play that game. It's cool. You know, it's it's all it's all on in between the lines. Like we're we're competing for something huge. Like so, we're not. You know, it's never personal. I don't care who I'm talking to. It's just a person right here, and I'm just gonna say what I feel, and I'm gonna do what I feel too. And that's what they're gonna do. And we appreciate. Like you know, if you you bring it and we we on that, that's cool. But you know, what we love. That's what you saw. Abby, you saw. Ain't no running in the hill, man. We climb up the chimney. Yeah, for sure. We ain't ducking no fun, smoke, man. man. We're going to let everybody know we're here. We're going to play hard, trying to get a win. And if you don't like it, oh well. And you might as well bring it, so. You're going to cry with the baby from this. I'm done with all that bluffing on the court because them guys do a lot of bluffing, so, you know. I'm from the bluff city, man. We don't do no bluffing, man. Riz Nation, what is going on? Welcome back to another episode of the No Nothing Podcast. And we got a good one for y'all today, man. I am your host, Chris Ingram, with some really, really dope co-hosts with me today. Uh, we have our normal co-host, Miss Nicole, our first lady. How you doing, Nicole? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How you how, how you feeling? I know we was all a little, little bit under the weather last week a little bit. How you feeling today? A little bit better. I'm getting there. I got you. We sit in positive vibes and positive energy your way. Um, get this little bug off everybody. And, and we don't have our guy Luke today. Uh, unfortunately, the, whatever bug is going around got him as well. It had me uh, about a week and a half ago as well. So uh, sending prayers and good healing energy to him as well. Um, but today we got a special co-host with us. Uh, I want to call him a guest, but it's the head honcho of the Grizz 901 uh, Podcast Network. So... Uh, we want to say hello and welcome for the first time, uh, Mr. Daniel Greer. What's going on, DG? What up, man? What up? So this is an upgrade from Luke? Just call it an upgrade? A biggie size? Hey, man, we, we ain't taking no shots <laughs> at our co-hosts, man. Luke, 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 he down and out right now. <laughs> we get, Me and Nicole got his back. <laughs> but glad to have Absolutely you, man. We do. appreciate you stepping in. <laughs> so, um... I know we got a lot of new things going on with the Grizz 901 Network, uh, with us being the second podcast that's, you know, officially been added. But we got a lot of stuff that's coming for you guys um, that we want you to definitely be on the lookout for. And before we get really going into it, Daniel, um, I know we got a lot of topics and things to go over. Um, but I know you said you got some new things that we may be having, you know, on, on the horizon. So I'm going to go ahead and let you just let the fans know what we have coming to the network. Yeah, so we obviously have added uh, No Bluffing Podcast uh, here, but also uh, we have one more coming. It's going to be more detailed into um, where the Grizzlies are in the standings, kind of the outlook on the NBA, where they're currently at, uh, but also kind of looking and diving into more of the opponents that we're going to be uh, coming up on you know, within the week. So when we give our predictions, and you all give your predictions on the show, it'll give a little bit more insight into those teams. And so that will be coming within the next couple of weeks. I believe uh, we're trying to figure out some details, but the latest thing is uh, talking with EJ over at grindhouse Grizzlies uh, with the spaces. Uh, we are now going to be in kind of partnership with them. Uh, and so we're going to be doing a little bit of back and forth of um, ads as well as trying to help each other grow. Um, and so it's pretty much a going to be a relationship that's going to be, a little give and take from both sides, but mainly we're just helping each other grow. And so really 
Um, when we're doing our podcast, we're going to make sure we always shout out uh, the, the Grindhouse Grizzlies with EJ and his crew. Uh, Nicole was uh, manning the mic last night, but just go check them out uh, at Spaces Grizzlies, at Spaces Grizzlies. They do a show every post game, and there's going to be different hosts, but mainly it's EJ and his crew. But uh, Spaces Grizzlies is where you're going to find them on Twitter, so go follow them. Uh, as well as uh, hit us up here at Grizz901 and um, the Grizz lead and all that kind of good stuff. Dope, dope, dope. So we talked about it, you know, early on when we first started this podcast, man. It's all about the partnerships and the networking and just, you know, all being under one umbrella as Grizzly fans. So that's definitely exciting to hear. And uh, shout out to Nicole, you know, with that with that um, uh, post-game show last night, you and Young Harry. Young Harry is so funny to me, man. She's like, so funny. <laughs> she's she's like the unfiltered version of me. She says the things that I wish I could say, but I can't say because I'm a woman of the media now. So I have to have some type of decorum. Shout yeah. out, Young Harriet. We love her. There we yeah. go. It's always good to have one of them. <laughs> well, we're going to get right into it, man. We um we got a lot of stuff to cover today, but Nicole, we're going to go ahead and pass it to you to get the news started. So let's go. Thank you, Chris. Y'all know the beginning segment. This is No Bluffing News with Nicole. So for our first rundown, we have the new City Edition jerseys that dropped in the NBA. And if I could just say Memphis has the best one. So the designers of the jersey actually sat down with Memphis artists such as Project Pat, DJ Paul, and Juicy J and really got input on the jersey for Memphis and how they could incorporate the culture of hip hop in the city into the jersey. So what do you guys think about that? I think it's dope. I love it. It's just showing that the Grizzlies are, you know, really taking in the city and the culture and I love it. Yeah, I mean you gotta give that nod to Ja because you know even we get a lot of comparisons about him with Allen Iverson and just the way that he was able to merge, you know, hip hop culture and, and basketball. It's 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 the same thing all over again twenty years later. So Definitely, you know, shout out to him with the relationships that he has, obviously, with them, you know, rap culture with Memphis. And um, it's just exciting to see, like, for me personally, I hate to say this because I know it's going to sound like a homer, but I feel like we got the best city of this jersey this year. What you think, Dave? Yeah, so that's the thing is, like, I feel like it's it's different than other places. Like, the, the Grizzlies, they understand what this team means to the city. And so they're doing whatever they can to understand, like, the history and it's about rap. It's about music. It's about, you know, so much of Bill Street. Uh, and so I think they actually use their brains and think, hey, maybe we need to just like give a little nod to the city, to like the OGs that came before us. And so uh, nobody else does it like Memphis. Um, the designs are dope, dude. They're good. They're so good. But uh, just what it means to the city, I, I think that's it's on a whole nother level. Yeah, I definitely love that. So for our next one, we have um, something interesting going on down in Miami with the Heat. We're hitting the East Coast for a second here. The Miami Heat are seeking new naming rights for a new partner for their arena after FTX, which is a cryptocurrency exchange, filed for bankruptcy. Uh, The Heat want nothing to do with that. Um, You know, it's been there for 19 years, been called FTX for 19 years. It was a $135 million sponsorship agreement. And the Heat won out. Like, they're done. Didn't they have another name at some point? I don't know. I, I have no clue. <laughs> well, LeBron was down there for some whatever reason. I feel like they was calling it something. Maybe it was like a nickname or something, you know. The Le- LeBron Center? Maybe. We'll go. Pat Riley's house? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. 
man, I hope they get it. I hope they get it worked out. I hope it's not anything super crazy. But uh, speaking of LeBron, so there's an article put out on LakersDaily.com that says LeBron James and other core Lakers want team to trade more first round picks this season and not waste another high level LeBron year. They want a championship now. And the Lakers don't have a pick for the next few years in the first round. And they're trying to give up more. So what are our thoughts on that? This is a struggle for them, man. It's just, I hate it for them. You know, Russ is finally playing better. Um, you know, LeBron is going through the injuries that he has because he is getting older. But, I mean, AD and the rest of them, man, they're going to have to come with it. Or at some point, they're going to have to make a decision to go ahead and break that thing up. And I think if they can, you know, maybe get into some type of three-team deal and package, I know this may sound crazy, but package AD, some picks and maybe even let Russ in there as well and get some talent that's going to be on the floor with them. I, you got to maximize him. What you think, DG? They're done. They're done. Like, that's it. Real. Like, they're done. Like, LeBron will never be in another finals again in his career. He's done. His biggest his biggest issue was signing Whoa. that extension. He signed the extension he shouldn't have. Like, the only reason he signed it is because he thought that they could use the capital they had, the draft picks they had, to bring in someone else. And so it gave them understanding like, hey, if LeBron's here, we can go out and make some moves and feel comfortable. But if he's not going to sign the extension, then then what are we going to do? Like, we that's all up in the air. So he, so he signed the extension. He screwed himself. He did. It's Dunzo. Dunzo and La La Land. I, I do. Well, yeah, I agree with the Lakers for sure. They're not getting the ring there, but, you know, the rumors about him going back to Cleveland maybe for the last year or wherever Bronny goes, that could be a big thing now. He's under contract, though. Yeah, but you know LeBron, he can talk to Blanca like, look, man, I got your <laughs> extension. I got you your extension because you know you don't deserve it. Give me a better. True, here, true. So, you know, you scratch your back, I scratch yours type thing. <laughs> what else we got to go? Yeah, I'm, I agree with Daniel on that. I think him signing the contract was him nailing the last nail in his own coffin. But I digress yeah. on that conversation. Um <laughs> So the next, the next two, well, our last two, um, we, of course, saved the best for last around here are some Homer news. Michael Wallace did a sit-down interview with Dylan Brooks, and it came up, apparently, that Dylan Brooks wants to play in Memphis, and he basically wants to finish his career here for the next 10 to 15 years. And the thing that was brought up that was interesting to me was – the trade that was supposed to go down the three-way trade between the Suns and Memphis and the Wizards where um, the Suns would have sent Trevor Ariza to the Wizards the Wizards would have sent Austin Rivers to the Suns and Kelly Oubre would have went to Memphis now the thing that stopped that was name there was confusion with the name so Apparently, the Suns thought that they were getting Dylan Brooks, but they were going to get Marshawn Brooks. So <laughs> that trade was dead in the water when they figured out it wasn't DB. So how do we feel about that? I think Dylan is finally learning his role here, but I want to hear it from other people. Yeah, I'll let you take this one first. Yeah, it all sounds good. It all sounds And he's playing better. Don't get me wrong. I, I don't want to pile on Dylan just yet. He's playing much better. He's understanding his role. But we have to understand, like, we're, what, 12, 13 games in the season. Like, mm-hmm. let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. I get it. That sounds good. He's saying the right things. I think he does enjoy his guys. Yeah. But it's about basketball. It's about on the court. He's got a contract coming up, which is money. And he's got to make sure that he's got to make money 
a good contract going forward. So you're going to say the right things right now. That's my biggest thing. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. It's, it's lip service that, you know, hopefully stay in the good graces of the team because we talked about it, you know, a few episodes ago. He was the only one that didn't get an extension this offseason. So, you know, that's got to be a feeling of like, man, I could be out of here if I don't get my SHIT together, you know. So uh, it sounds really good, Dylan. And if you can stay into that role of have you been playing the last couple games and you played a phenomenal one against, you know, um, Timberwolves, they lost who we played last night. My bad, y'all. <laughs> uh, played a good game last night. So um, we'll see. It, 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 the story is yet to be written on DB. How you feel about it, Nicole? Do you think he you think he's going to be here 10, 15 years? I don't think it'll be 10 or 15, but I do see him here for the next few years. I feel like he's really finally learning his place. And like Daniel said, he might just be saying the right things right now to stay in the good graces, but I hope it's not like that. Because he is such a gem on defense for us. Like, when he's in the game, our defense is just turned up a notch. So that's that's my thing on it. One thing to watch out, too, for everybody out there, he's kind of he, – he's accepting a third-man role, but we do have Jaron coming back on. So he's going to have to take a whole nother step to go to the fourth man. So could be a few games. I'm going to give him some time, y'all, you know. I know I'm an avid Dylan criticizer, but I'm gonna give him some time with Jaron come back to kind of figure out his role with there because he look like he like you said Daniel and Nicole look like he's getting you know satisfied with what he's doing out there, but that's gonna be a whole another step that he's going to take to say okay I'm number four. So yeah, I definitely agree with that. So this last one is a little egregious and I do not like it. Desmond Bain was fined $15,000 for kicking a ball in our loss to the Celtics. A ball that bounced off of his foot on accident because he didn't even see it. Like, what? what is going on with this? Joe Dumars just announced the fine on Thursday, and I was bamboozled. <laughs> bamboozled. I love it. So, all right, so what he did is well, he uh, he threw it or he knocked it out of bounds and then it bounced off of the, the little stanchion, the stuff that scrolls the, the tables, whatever they're mm-hmm. called, right there on the, uh, the right near half court. And he literally, like, went to go move his foot to almost, like, trap it like you normally would trap it, but you're, like, a little late. So then you, like, it bounced off the front of your foot and it goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the problem is it probably went, like, eight rows up which is an issue that was half the issue it seemed a little farther but he mm-hmm. ki- he kicked he kicked it dude uh, let's just be honest like i think he looked like he was trying to stop it but he was he was kicking that thing so hey well deserved 15k spend it baby it looked like a little kickball kick like back in school he like he walked a little bit <laughs> i know that's right but these these officials have been a little out of pocket lately i have to be honest here um these these texts and these calls have been extremely outrageous lately. You're right about that. The only thing I really think for me is Joe Dumars trying to find somebody like, bro. <laughs> okay. All right. True. You're the last person that needs to be doing anything like that, my dude. Let's yeah. be honest. Yeah, let's relax. It's like Draymond uh, finding somebody 20 years down the road. That's crazy. But that's that's, that's So that's all we got this today for the news. Uh, Nicole, we definitely appreciate that. Some definitely, you know, good key points to hit on. Some stuff to watch, you know, to keep our eyes on for sure. All right, all right, all right. Look, listen, listen, listen. We got to stop this show right now because we just got some breaking news that we did not get to cover on the show. 
So at the time that you're hearing this podcast right now, you probably have seen this on Twitter. You probably watched the game last night um, and you got to see it live and, you know, get them to talk about it a little bit. But if you have been sitting under a rock for the last 24 to 48 hours, then this is breaking news for you because Jaron Jackson has been upgraded to doubtful. Now, I know that may sound crazy to some of you listening right now if you don't keep up with the Grizzlies as much. But the way that they actually do um, injuries and things like that, they have a system that's been proven over the last three to four years. And they will start from out to doubtful to questionable and to, you know, finally active. And so for us to get an update, um, literally a few hours after we got done recording this podcast that Jen listed is doubtful for Sunday's game. And then he was actually out there. If y'all got a chance to see, he was actually out there um, working out, going through his normal motions before the game. And he looked really good um, physically. So what that means for us, we don't know because they haven't really gave us too much more information outside of that. The Grizzlies do play the Pelicans on Tuesday. Um, could be a little soon uh, for the return, but Black Panther night is coming up soon. So y'all definitely want to, you know, just pay attention to what's going on because Jaren's going to be back. They're probably going to list him as questionable the game before he returns, if not maybe two games before he returns. We don't know. Again, we just speculating at this point. But the good news is, is that Jaron Jackson Jr. is on the way back. So um, super excited to get that news, to give you all that update. And um, no news yet on Zaire, what's going on with him, but we will hopefully soon have some type of update. And again, listening to this podcast, we will relay that information to you. But I want to stop everything that we were talking about and give y'all that quick update. Jaren is coming. So now back to the show. Let's go. So let's go ahead and move into the meat and potatoes of the of the pod today. So, um, you know, we just played the Minnesota Timberwolves last night, and we are recording this on Saturday for those listening on Monday. We are. Um, so we won't have analysis of the Washington Wizards game, but I'm just going to go ahead and call a dub on that. So um, we played them last night, and, you know, high stakes. A lot of people were interested in seeing how that matchup was going to be, with, you know, obviously and and Ja, and then you got the whole, you know, Utah Jazz uh, big trade that went down. And some of people were trying to figure out how that was going to look because, you know, with, with us playing them in the playoffs, we saw the Steven Adams, you know, having to sit on the bench. But Rudy Gobert, that was really a way for us to keep on the floor last night. So um, how y'all feeling, you know, as far as the game? What did y'all like? What did y'all dislike about the game? Obviously, we come out with the dub. So that's all that matters at the end of the day. Uh, but, but how y'all feel about just – performance that we put up you know on national tv uh and the, and the outcome in the end so last night i think we did good um we definitely went out there with a lot of energy john morant was two assists away from a triple double 28 points uh what 10 rebounds eight assists mm-hmm. so you you can never complain when Ja just has one of those highlight nights but he still manages to get the ball to other people share it around we love that but mm-hmm. One thing I noticed that the Timberwolves did that are that's different this season from last season is, you know, the acquisition of Rudy Gobert. So they're playing Cat at the five, and they're bringing in Rudy Gobert, which now allows us to play Stephen Adams in a more comfortable way alongside Brandon Clark. So that right there opened a lot more plays for the Grizzlies last night. That was one major thing that I took away. I just wish we would have gotten into our three ball rhythm just a little bit more. But other than that, I have no complaints. I love it. 
Yeah, so the game last night played into the Grizzlies' hands due to the the rebounding, and that's really where it all kind of stemmed from. Uh, they they out rebounded them like crazy, and I, I think that realistically, when you look back on it, holding uh, Rudy Gobert to six rebounds is is huge. Like I think it was his lowest of the season so far, so uh, that was big. But just yeah, out you know having fifteen offensive rebounds is big. Thirty two second chance points. You out-rebound them 46 to 33. Like, that's really where it comes down to. And another thing I want to say, let's talk about plus-minus. It lies, okay? Some people don't understand it, but plus-minus numbers sometimes lie. Who is the only player in – it was a minus last night for the Grizzlies? The only player. I ain't look at it, but I'm just going to throw out something crazy like Ja. Ja, minus two. The only player on the Grizzlies that was a minus last night was John Morant. So just so you're aware, Ja was not a minus player in the game. He was our heart and soul. Everybody else was positive. He was minus two. Yeah. So and the funny thing, you touched on it a little bit earlier, Nicole, about the officials. Can we all agree that the officials was kind of giving us calls that we probably shouldn't have got last night? Like they were just letting the whistle just fly. It kind of got irritating to watch at some point. I- yeah, I I don't know. Like at some point, yes, but like it wasn't that far far off, like crazy. Like I think it was it was twenty five to nineteen, and fouls called. I believe um, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure. And so, um, with that being said, that's not that far off. Uh, the issue is is Jaw was creating those. Everything else was pretty much just it's the Jaw stuff because he knows now what to do to be able to get those calls. I think that's the biggest part. Agreed. I'm with Daniel. I think he knows now when to take a charge versus when to try to do all these extra other things like just flailing and that stuff he used to do with his body. Now he knows when to take a charge and when he's going to get that call. I agree with y'all. I really was just trying to bait to see if y'all going to say something different. Because <laughs> we had- hey, so, Well, something we're doing now, Ryan and I, because we are betting on the games, um, I looked and I'm now in charge of doing the ref, kind of the stats on the ref. And last night, these were three of the refs that call uh, the least amount of fouls within the third bottom of the uh, least amount of fouls called. And at first I was like, what is happening? Like it was not going the way we that that I studied it to be. But if you watched out the game, it was really just a few people that they were calling fouls on. It was mainly jaw. He was foul hunting, going after cat. And so besides cat, there was some other guys that were, you know, foul prone, but they were stupid fouls that they were doing. Because I want to believe that um, I, Bain shot more free throws than Ja did on the night. I think it was eight to seven. So realistically, he was just foul hunting, going for his thing. But uh, there wasn't as many fouls called in the second half as there was in the first, for sure. It was free flowing. Yeah. Like I said, I, I really was trolling because of, of Timberwolves lead. You know the little crying that they were doing <laughs> on Twitter last night. So if they listened, that that was the direct shot at y'all. That's all that was. Uh, it was it was like you said he, he was hunting for fouls and he's been doing it the last couple games you know it just it wasn't i guess getting the the, the result that he wanted uh he was doing a lot of falling they was moving out of the way and some of them fouls they just really wasn't calling so uh but one thing i will say in regards to the game last night that was my key takeaway that i enjoyed the most i don't know if it was because we was on national tv i don't know if it was the city edition jerseys the vibe it was a friday um a friday night i don't know but Ja looked back to his normal self. He was out there playing with joy like we know him to play. And whenever he's playing like that, I'm never picking against the Grizzlies, obviously, anyway. 
But when he's playing like that, like it's no doubt in my mind that we have a chance no matter who we playing to win. So I was just so happy to see the smile on his face, the little winks he was out there doing. That's job. And the last couple of games, it haven't been job. It just wasn't. So how y'all how, what, what was y'all thoughts on that? Was y'all picking up that as well when y'all were watching? I don't I don't think it's as that as much. Like I, I, I think he always is having fun toying. But you got to look at the teams he was playing against. Um, like Utah is like literally it was no fun playing against them. And he was a little injured and he was a little sick. I think that's probably what it has to do with like having the flu. Uh, you know, most people right now not feeling well. I, I don't think you feel like yourself. But, yeah, I think you saw a little bit of the wing, a little bit of the fun, uh, playful jaw last night for sure. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think Jaw's feeling a little better. I think that flu had him down and out. And like Daniel said, playing against – Utah is just not fun nor entertaining, but <laughs> I hate to say it like that, but it's it's just not fun. It's kind, it's kind of boring. Even as a fan, I had to do things to keep myself into the game, and luckily we had Desmond Bain out there who kind of kept things flowing for us against Utah. So yeah. I think Josh's feeling better. I, he looks good. He looks great. Mm-hmm. He was doing his normal stuff last night. Got his hair did, you know. He was just on a different swag, man. I think he got his hair done for that New Jersey debut. That's what it was. We're watching you, John. We know what you're doing. We know what you got going on. <laughs> uh, but we go. That's going to kind of segue us into you know our next topic. And, and for me, that you know, watching that game last night, do I think the Timberwolves are a championship contender? Hell no. They don't look the part. I'm just going to be honest. They're not there. But. Just the way that we are competing right now at a high level, you know, it's, it's stuff that we can touch up on. I get that, you know, defense, um, the turnovers, we can always make that better. And that's just basketball. But what I'm looking at is just the fact that the way that the ball is moving around and you still got your top two players every single night pretty much playing like two of the best players on the floor. And we still don't have Jaron out there. We don't even have really a date yet of when he's coming back. I feel like they are trying to you know, get his wind up at this point. Cause I don't know if y'all noticed, he's been looking kind of fat in the face a little bit, but it's starting to snap down now. So I know he's getting his conditioning back up. So it could be soon. I don't know how soon, but him and Zaire coming back soon, man, that's, that's, that's going to be, you know, a team that I don't see too many people beating. So my question to y'all is, as we construct it right now, you know, we're not talking about trades. We're not talking about free agents, nothing like that, but just the players that we got on the roster right now, do y'all think that there's any other team out there in the West that's going to stop us from making the finals this year? Um, yeah, that's, that's so tough because there's so much that could happen. But as of right now, no, there's nobody uh, that can stop the Grizzlies. The only thing that stops the Grizzlies is themselves. And that's just straight across the board. Literally, it's injuries. If, if you're not if – there, if there are no injuries, I feel like that we're in a good spot. That is the biggest part. That's the part you don't know and you can't control. But injuries, besides that, no. I think it's I think it's us. Yeah, I'm with Daniel. Um, as of right now, if we get fully healthy and keep playing the way that we are, best backcourt in the league, top two and not two. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> That's the words of my point guard, okay? <laughs> but I feel like the only, the only team that can stop the Grizzlies is themselves. And at, at this point, even then, when things do shape out in the West, because the West has been extremely rocky, nobody predicted the Jazz or Portland to be one and two, but here we are. The only team I could really see giving us fits 
is the Nuggets eventually because of Jokic. Mm. Other than that, I don't see anything else. But Jokic is he's kind of like Luca. He has our he has our number just a little bit. But even then, if we're fully healthy, I don't see why we could not be a Nuggets team with Jokic in the lineup. Yeah, yeah. So a little bit on that, like I, I think that there's teams that we don't match up well against. I, I think in a seven game series, I feel like that the Grizzlies and Taylor Jenkins and the staff can figure out ways. I think the one thing that really could stop the Grizzlies is three-point shooting from Ja. At what point, and probably playoff time, just as last night, he went 2 of 10 from deep. You just sag off of him and say, hey, listen, if you want to go ahead and take 15 threes tonight, feel free. Besides that, we're not going to overhelp on Bain, and we're going to pull back into the paint, and we're going to do our best to play a – Two three two or two, I don't know, one three one or uh two three. I don't somehow some kind of a zone type defense. Mm-hmm. And we're gonna stay in the lane and we're gonna have somebody in here to to face Ja when he drives. So it's three point shooting for Ja, and he's gotten much better. But I think that's really the only thing that can take themselves out in that. So uh, Nicole said that the the Nuggets is the team that she was saying is like right there to compete. Daniel, if you had to pick a team in the West outside of them, who would you say would be the toughest opponent to stop us from getting there? Yeah, I'm going to the other international, the Mavs. Like Luca is Luca's Luca. He's one of the best, if not the best, like in the in the game. Like he's so good. And so besides Luca, there's nobody else that really scares me because he can play his style and his speed of basketball, and you can't speed him up. When you can't speed him up, the Grizzlies cannot get out and get going like they want to get. So it's always a half court, slowed down game. Besides that, I, I think that they're better than them. I just think Luca can control the game so much. I definitely agree with Daniel on that. I think the Mavs, specifically Luca, has the Grizzlies number every time. And I said a few weeks ago that I just want the Grizzlies to beat a healthy Mavs just one good time. Just one. like whoop that trick on them. Just one good time, please. I, yeah, I'm with y'all 100%. Like Luca. It grinds my gears when we play him, but it's like, like you said, we just never fully healthy. And the biggest thing with him is his team making shots. Like you put Dorian Finney-Smith and Reggie Bullock and all the other guys on other teams, they really not contributing much. But because of the, you know, the the attention that Luca is able to, you know, bring is they gonna have open shots. It's really up to you to make them. And so that's a lot of things. You know, a lot of times it's what's gonna kill us. I don't know. We'll see with the Christian Wood thing, but. If I, you know, had to pick a team, you know, for me, the beginning of the season, I was saying the Warriors, but, you know, I don't know if we're going to see them again the way that they're playing right now. So The Warriors have extremely regressed to me just as much as the Wolves. Mm-hmm. I just don't feel like their connection as a team is there anymore, and that means that's something that you're missing in the West. I mean. Yeah. Yeah, that's you. That's true. I agree with that. Um, I just don't know what happened. No, I take that back. I know what happened. That chemistry got messed up with that fight, y'all. That's 100% yep. what happened. Yep. <laughs> Let me not act like I don't know. That's what happened. No, we all know that's what it is. We all know that's what it was. The Warriors were like a family, and then that happened, and boom, it's just like family falling apart. Yep. And I saw. And, he's, and he sucks right now. Let's just be honest. Pool, pool like, party. Pool. Yeah, the pool party is closed. It's too cold. <laughs> For real. Oh, boy. You know, I, I would I would love to say that I wish they would get together, but I don't care. You know, fall off the face of the earth for all I care. Bye-bye. See y'all later. <laughs> We're going to move into the 
uh, our last topic, and, and we're going to try to get you to go first on this one, Danny, because I know you got to leave. I know we don't to do a weave, but Danny, you got to step away for a little bit. Um, so last one that I want to touch on, and it's, you know, all coincided together. Um, you Zach climbing, you know, and you're looking at the landscape of the league, you're looking at how your team is performing right now. If we had to make one move at the trade deadline, just based off we're what nine and four, so like you said, it's 13 games in, so we're not too crazy. But if you had to make a move, if you you know, whether it be a pickup, um, that somebody's not playing right now, like a free agent, or to make a trade. What type of player do you think this team needs as currently constructed? Or is it, you know, give us a specific name if it's somebody out there that you like, okay, it seems like this this guy is going to be available. We need to go ahead and, you know, make that move. Yeah, so I, I was thinking about that this morning and trying to go through my brain and just kind of break down this team. Like they're about to get a really good defender back in Jaron uh, Zaire as well. Uh, so you're going to bring back some shooting, some spacing. Um, and I thought about Bain. Like Bain is so important to this team and the – of course, uh, probably the three or four games that Dylan missed, uh, having to guard the the best offensive player on the other team and be a guy who can run around and come off screens and hit open shots, you need your legs. Mm-hmm. Bain is, was not himself early on the season. I think it was because he was having to play a bigger role in defending. So now that he's got Dylan back, I think you have to have a good defender next to Bain and Josh. That's just the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that Dylan is that guy when it comes down to it defensively, I think he, I think he answers so many issues, but the problem is, is can he find that role and stay in that role? And do you feel comfortable in that role? He's coming off of a contract or about to sign a new contract. What does that look like? How much money is that? And so the first thing I went to is I thought of a player similar to him that I like, and I'm going to just throw out there. If they were able to figure out if for whatever reason, Toronto has bad issues, people have, you know, injuries and they just end up tanking because they just fell apart. I would go after OG and Anobi. And the reason is, is because if you look at their, their size, they're both six, seven, two thirty, roughly both guys are both, both guys shoot 35 or 37 as an OG from three, um, 16 points a game, which is one point up above, uh, Dylan. OG's got three more rebounds and he averages 0.3 less assists. So he's pretty much the same player. He's also mm-hmm. under contract for two extra seasons, that third season's a player option. So you actually get a guy, you get an extension and a guy like OG to give your guys a little bit longer, your rookies, time to grow up. He's only going to get paid 17, 18, or 19, depending on if he assigns his contract. So you're talking about you get an extension, you get a better player, and you get a guy who's one year younger, but also more of age like your rest of your guys. I think that's so important. I think he would fit in. I think he would actually fill the the Dylan role, but better. And that's the biggest thing is being a better player. Yes, you might give up two first round picks, but who cares at this point? I would say if they have a chance, go after it. You have a good defender in OG next to Ja, Bain, Jaron, Steve O. It's a wrap. It's a wrap. It's a wrap. <laughs> it's a wrap. Well, we're going to let you off. I know you got, you know, family stuff to take care of, Daniel. We appreciate you joining us uh, and chiming in with the squad today, filling in for our guy, Luke. And, uh, yeah, y'all make sure that y'all tap in with Daniel every – well, I can't say every week. It's twice a week now. Um, Tuesdays, Thursdays. Tuesdays and Thursdays with Grizz 901 Podcast on the Grizz 901 Network. So we appreciate you, man, and we will talk to you later. Y'all be good. Yes, sir. And we'll tell our friends. <laughs> Nicole, 
I'm gonna pass it to you. So it's one player, whether it be a player type or a specific player, you can put a name on it. You can put a name on that bullet. Who would you say if you Zach climate? Who would you say we need to go grab at the trade deadline? All right, don't don't call me crazy. You gotta listen mm-hmm. to my reasoning, okay? Yes, ma'am. But- <laughs> So if he could come in a decent price, mind you, he was just a free agent this past offseason, signed with the Raptors, Otto Porter Jr. And here's here's why. Here's why. He's 6'8", 200 pounds. He's already been fluctuating off the bench for Toronto. He is impeccable on defense. I mean, in what, 2021, he had a 101 rating for his defense? Mm -hmm. I mean, he shoots... I think he's uh, 79% from the free throw line on his career. He's 100% from the free throw line this season, which is something that the Grizzlies need. Hello, say it again. He's 100% from the free throw line this season. Otto Porter Jr. (laughs) He has not not missed one. He's shooting 40% from three, 52% from the field. I mean – he would be the perfect veteran to bring in to kind of coach someone like Jaron. Mm-hmm. I mean, he would just be the perfect person for me personally. Um, he's only 29, so he would fit the realm of the Grizzlies being under 30. Yes, yes. His birthday is June 3rd, 1993. He's 29. You know what's messing me up with him? All those memes last year showing him right beside Will Chamberlain. They look exactly the same, but the Will Chamberlain pictures was in black and white. <laughs> so that's my no. bad. I older than that. That's crazy. The, the only issue I would have with Otto would be his rebounding. But that's kind of what we have Steven Adams for. That's something that can be worked on. But if there was one person I could bring in on a good deal, it would be Otto Porter Jr. You know what? I, I, I agree with both of y'all. And the dope thing about it is with it being both of them on the same team, it's always a possibility you can get both. Do I think that they would do that? Probably not. That would be nice, but what would we have to give up? That's the question. So that's what I want to touch on because I was going to go with OG. That was, that's been my guy since the summer and I'm sticking on him because like Daniel said, that's the perfect, you know, I love Dylan and you know, I got my, I don't even want to say I love hate relationship because I don't hate Dylan. But I do have my my thoughts about the way that sometimes he can get erratic. But, you know, I totally agree that he fits the mold of the perfect just glue guy. You know, you got Steve-O. He's a great glue guy. But you got OG that can do almost some of the same things sometimes that Steve-O can do because he is a bigger guy. I mean, if y'all look at his shoulders and his arms, he can set some pretty nice screens himself. But he can step out. He can create if you need him to. He can take the three and he can rebound. He's going to play within himself. He's not going to, you know, step outside of that. So I do love that. And like you said, Otto Porter, we just played him, you know, with Golden State last year, and he kept them in the games. Let's be honest, you know. Yeah, his three-point shooting is immaculate. Like, he Mm -hmm. is he is amazing at shooting that three. Yep, he saved them a lot of those games. So, you know, if if he can recreate that over on this side, you know, I would love to have him. Now, in regards to what you got to give up, you know, I thought about this a lot, obviously. You know, the, the amount of money that Dylan makes, obviously he's going to have to go because both having both of them on the same team just doesn't make sense. But if you throw Dylan some picks in one of our young prospects, I think that gets it done. 
Uh, but I think the best course of action is going to be, it's been a lot of reports about uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander down there with the Thunder. Uh, he ain't happy down there with the way that things are going. And I don't know. Oh, really? Oh, really? Yeah. I'm going to yeah. have to look into that because I did not know that one. That would be a lovely addition. Well, well, well here's the thing. He's He's got Canada roots, number one. Uh, play for the Canadian. We love Canada, Canada over here. Air well, Canada. No, he won't be coming here. He'll be going up there to Toronto. So, so check me out. Check me out. So he's got roots in, in Canada, played for the national team, which I believe I, his name is, is missing me right now, but the head coach of the Raptors, um, he's the coach of the national, the, the Canadian national team. So they have a relationship already. You got Dylan. He's from Canada as well. He didn't play this offseason. Nick national Nurse. Yeah. Head coach Nick, Nick Nurse. It just came to me. There you go. I knew it was Nick something. I just I was about to say Nick Smith, and I was like, that ain't right. So, and I like Nick Nurse. He's a good guy, good coach. I pre- I'm glad he got that that one ring. But uh, if you throw in a Shea Gilgis Alexander coming from the Thunder, he wants to get back to Canada. And I say that I don't know that for sure, but I know his interest there on both sides. Uh, that's been reported all summer. You throw him in there, I think he's on like a 25 million year contract, kind of similar like uh, like Jaron is. Um, you throw Dylan in that deal and a three team deal. So that's going to put them. I think he's at about like maybe 10, 11 million right now. So 36 million is what, uh, you know, the, the contracts is going to have to be leaving out of Toronto. Um, if OG's making about 17 to 18 and we find, you know, I haven't looked this up, so I'm not going to give you the exact player, but a player that maybe is not, um, just not reaching the ceiling that they want to see. And I'm just going to throw a name, Gary Trent Jr. You know, he's a lot of a lot of similarities that he has with Dylan from what I've read and what I've seen. Um, if you bring in Shea, it's not really a point of keeping him because you already got Fred Van Vliet is already a small guard. Putting both of them together and Gary Trent at the three just don't make sense. But I'm pretty sure the money will match in some way. Uh, they send him back to the Thunder. And then he just finishes out his contract with them or gets moved on to – you know, maybe buy out or trade it to the Lakers or something. We'll let them figure that out. But I think you get pretty equal, if not better, value uh, the Toronto Raptors do with bringing in Shea and Dylan uh, to surround them, you know, around Pascal Siakam. Um, and uh, I just said his name and I'm forgetting it already. Um, short man, Drake Jr. I can't think of his name. Say my life. Fred Van Fleet. Uh, <laughs> you put them around that nucleus and you already got Scotty Barnes. That's another thing with OG. You brought in almost the exact same type of player when you brought in Scotty Barnes. I don't know how long he's going to be there if you got the player that looks like him. Same build, same game. It just don't make sense. You bring OG to Memphis, I think it's I think it works out for all three parties. And like I said, we get off maybe a, a first-round pick or two to make it happen to facilitate it. But I think if we decide to make a move, that's the perfect move to make on all three parties. And I think if you do that, it's definitely a championship ring and trophy coming back, you know, coming back this way to be a street. I definitely agree. Uh, I just wanted to throw out Otto Porter Jr.'s contract. He's only under a two-year $12.3 million in Toronto. Mm-hmm. So that contract would be very easy to put on a three-way. That's true. We can make that work. I don't know. I don't. His contract is a little bit more budget-friendly, but he's an impact player. He is. And, you know, you're talking about John Dez. You definitely want to surround him with as much three-point shooting as possible. So you can never Especially if it's a big man. Because we need – it's obvious that we need more big men. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I think we all on the same page there. Um, 
I would love to see it. I don't really see any other, you know, moves out there that make sense, you know, as much as that one makes. Um, you know, people do have Brad Bill. I love him, but you got Bane. We don't need him. Jalen Brown, I love him, but again, you got Bane. You don't need him. Uh, it's just not a lot out there that makes sense for us to blow up our team. And so, you know, we'll see. That's been talked since the summer about it, but we'll see. But, uh, yeah, man, exciting times. You know, it's one of them things where we, we, we talking about it. We may not even need it, but if it happens, it'll be great. So, um, no highlight of the week for for us this week. We're gonna we're gonna skip that. And uh, player of the week, I'm gonna actually take that for Luke because he's out, and uh, he didn't send me over any notes on it. But I'm going to choose, and I know this is gonna surprise a lot of our listeners, people that you know been tapped in with us. But I'm gonna say Dylan Brooks is the no bluffing player of the week this week. And I'm going to tell you why. I like it. I like <laughs> it. I, I hope I'm not, uh, what they say, blasphemy. Blas- I can't even say it. Blasphemous. 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 I can't even say it. I don't even know what's going on with me. But, um, you know, with Dylan, man, this week, it was one game that he stepped out of line for me personally. Um, a little bit. It was the game that we played on Wednesday against the Spurs. You know, he had his erratic moments that game. Uh, but if I'm looking at this, the larger sample size of the amount of games we played, if we played four games this week, Dylan played the perfect role that I've been saying forever, three of those games. And so I got to get a man credit when it's due. You know, when, when, when he right, I'm with him. And when he wrong, I ain't with him. But, you know, for him to, you know, finally see that, I can be productive in this role. I can save my legs if I just play a lot of good defense and take the open shots and keep the ball moving instead of me trying to play good defense and then go create this crazy shot on the other end of the floor. I have more energy. My other teammates have more energy. And at the end of the day, we leave out of here with a dub. It makes sense for everybody. And you can find a way to get another contract playing like this. And so... Um, I don't have the specifics of his stats this week. I don't want to go too much deep in that. I just know, like Daniel said, the eye test is what I'm going off of. I'm not going off any plus minus, nothing like that, uh, which I know he's been a, a pretty good plus this week. I have seen that after certain games. I just don't, don't know the exact. But um, shout out to Dylan, man. You are the no-bluffing player of the week. I got to give you your flowers and your props. And I hope you stay on, you know, the tear that you want and, and you know, stand in that role. You know, because it's, it's only going to help the team. Yeah, I agree with that. I've been really, really impressed with how Dylan has been finding his way these past few games. Granny, he has let off a few crazy shots. He hasn't turned into what we on Grizzlies Twitter like to call Bubble Dylan, <laughs> where he just gets in this little bubble and he just thinks he's Kobe and he can just throw anything up and it'll make it. No, it doesn't work like that, but he's understanding that. So he's really finding his niche as a player. And as, you know, the third man. And then eventually, hopefully, he'll find it as a fourth man when Jaron comes back. So, shout out to Dylan Brooks. We love you. We love Canada. Yes, sir. Well, that's it. That's all that we have this week for the No Bluffing Podcast. Again, you can catch us every Monday. Uh, We will be dropping. Um, Like Daniel said, we do have the Grizz 901 podcast dropping on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And we will have a partnership with uh, Grizzly Spaces, Grindhouse Spaces. After every single game, uh, every single game, they don't miss over there. So definitely tap in if you're on Twitter uh, to that. And we may have some type of um, YouTube feed going as well at some point for those who don't really get on Twitter. I know a lot of people are getting off Twitter right now with everything going on. So uh, we want to make sure that everybody has a way to tap into the content that we, we're putting out. So 
uh, be on the lookout for that. But um, you got any pieces or anything coming out soon, Nicole? Any or any just updates period outside of the podcast right now? Um, I actually just submitted one last night, a few hours before the game. It's about Desmond Bain and just his community work and how he's really taken in Memphis. And it's a little of his backstory with him coming from Richmond, Indiana, going to a Catholic school, being raised by his great grandparents. So it's just kind of a background thing on Desmond and what he's doing in the community on and off social media. It's a beautiful piece. Should be out Monday. That's perfect. So as y'all hearing this, when y'all hear this, as soon as you cut this podcast off, go ahead and tap in with Nicole's article because uh, Desmond, man, I knew he was going to be a good fit just on draft night. You know, the story that they put out about him, um, the segment that they put it out and just hearing him talk and seeing the family's just environment. I knew he was going to be a good fit, but boy, he, he on another level now. So definitely tap in with Nicole's work. I'll have another one coming out here soon. We announced that Luke just dropped one. Actually, I, I, let me not let's not leave here without giving a shout out to Luke. He just dropped a, a piece as well about uh, the Grizzlies contract situation and how you know we we setting the precedent, uh, you know, throughout the league of just you know creating a, a successful team, uh, but as well running a successful business at the same time. So y'all definitely um, tap into that article as well. We'll try to get those links under the podcast, but you can always reach out to our Twitters. Um, to find those and even our publications, Twitter's at Grizzly at SBN Grizzlies. Um, so yeah, man, that's all we got for today. Uh, we appreciate y'all tuning in and, and kicking it with us. And uh, we got some games coming up here soon. Uh, we normally do predictions, but we're gonna pass on that because <laughs> I'm gonna be honest with you, I have not looked at the schedule today, everything's been a blur, but we'll definitely make sure we have everything for y'all on next week. So Nicole, I appreciate you as always. Luke, you get better. We want to appreciate Daniel for coming on. And uh, we'll see y'all next week. Stay locked in. Stay tapped in with us. And go grieve.